0: Back for another edition of the Penn State Blitz podcast. Greg Pickle is to my right you can't see him but trust me he's to my right i'm bob flounders we're going to talk about penn state and maryland a lot to get to we're going to talk about penn state and their bi-week fixes we're going to take yet another look at james franklin's favorite question the running back rotation and if it should continue we're going to revisit some of our penn state predictions from earlier in the offseason and whether they might still hold up and then we're going to get to the penn state mailbag. Okay, Greg, Maryland week, the last three games that Penn State and Maryland have played... If you're a writer, they've been a lot of fun because you can write your story at halftime. Because Penn State has absolutely walloped the Terrapins, they've been it's, the games have been like 60, sixty-six to 3, 38 to three, I think thirty-eight to fourteen, just non-competes. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to be the case uh, when Penn State visits Maryland on Friday night. But we got a lot to get to in this edition of the Penn State. Blitz. just to talk about both teams coming off bye weeks. James Franklin talked about maybe what he needed to fix. Do you feel like the bye week was enough maybe to fix some of the issues he brought up that we've seen?
1: Yeah, I think it almost has to be, you know, I thought Sean Clifford was pretty insightful Wednesday morning during his conference call with reporters. One of the things he said was, and we had talked about this earlier in the week, but a lot of it was fundamental flaws. It wasn't guys running wrong routes. It wasn't, um, you know, things that they can't overcome physically. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, he, he thought he was off balance on some of the missed deep balls. Right. He thought that he could have put the ball in better position when facing pressure, Um, and that was maybe some of the reason that when K.J. Hamler had a step or two, he didn't hit guys. So, um, And then when it comes to, you know, so that was one area Mm -hmm. he talked about. And then third downs are what we've heard a lot about from James Franklin, especially on offense. And the one thing I think that jumped out to him, Bob, was him being Sean Clifford was and James Franklin's reiterated this hundred times, that they're not necessarily taking that first and second down approach to third down. And some of that's because they're way behind the sticks. And mm-hmm. that's because guys aren't executing on plays that are there. But overall, I mean, I think if you didn't, if a bye week is not enough time to break down three games, that probably spells doom for the future. So I, I think they better hope that that was enough time. And, uh, you know, Maryland needed it too, because that offensive line looks a little yeah. topsy-turvy.
0: Yeah, for me, the, the, the fixes that Penn State absolutely has to make, uh, one of them involves the defense and third down. Um, we, they, we talk a lot about them being seven for 30, uh, trying to convert third downs. It's very, uh, 23%, That's just not good enough. But Penn State's defense, and James kind of addressed it, uh, on Tuesday during his teleconference. They've worked very hard to get the other team, especially in the Pittsburgh game, into third and long. And then they give up big plays when there's absolutely no reason to, right. whether it's a screen, whether it's a holding penalty, a pass interference call too many times, Penn state's been in position to get off the field by just playing sound third day, third down defense. They haven't done it. I think that's a big issue they needed to fix. He said they, they worked on it a lot in the bye week and just to get back to Sean Clifford. Um, he has missed some throws in the first three games. He's still figuring things out. I think he's going to get a lot better uh, for me. Uh, Two things that I've noticed with with Sean and and he has to fix them is when they're in scoring position and it's third down and they're going to throw the ball, he's got to learn to throw the ball away instead of taking a sack that will put them even out of Jordan Stout's (laughs) uh, range for a field goal. The other thing is I've noticed it. I noticed a lot in the Pittsburgh game. It's got to be addressed. At the mesh point, he is not keeping the ball enough. In other words, he's, he's always giving it to the running back. And Pittsburgh never played him for the keeper. It was wide open on four or five occasions. He needs to start to run the ball a little bit. And I think that'll open up some running room inside for the running backs. I would look for those two things maybe to happen against Maryland. And now let's move on to the running back rotation. I just talked yeah. about the running game. Boy, James Franklin is getting a little salty, Greg, when it comes to being asked about the running backs. To be fair, he's been asked probably about a hundred times in the last two weeks, not a hundred, but he's probably been asked a half dozen times. And for him, he's like, what do you guys want me to say? We like all four running backs. They're all going to play. The question is now that we're in the big 10 season, should they all play? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, what's going to be heavily debated leading into the Maryland game. And that's something that'll be watched
1: pretty closely. I mean, Unless he's blowing smoke because he doesn't want to tip off Maryland, which is certainly possible. Um, they're going to give, they're going to at least give all four guys at one series. And then maybe, maybe they'll be the one thing I would watch for this week is not a reduction in. The, the fact that each guy will get a series but maybe a reduction in what they do in the second half yeah. if the game is still close like the Pittsburgh game sure. you know will Noah Cain be utilized to help eat up some clock um because there is something to be said I think about him coming in in the third quarter especially if you've had a chance to wear out a defense a little bit and just letting him physically grind uh, on you know maybe a tired front 7 from the opposing team so I think there's probably some merit to that but you can't forget to use him then in the fourth quarter when you're trying to run your four-minute offense. So, maybe they get a little bit more specialized later in the game this week. But, yeah, they, you know, even though on to the eye, it might seem like some of those guys have separated themselves. They don't feel like that's the case. Mm-hmm. I think pass blocking might be an area that that could be an impetus for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they feel great with any of those four guys right now in terms of consistently getting in the way of opposing rushers, even if just a chip or right. a little bit. And, Bob, I think that could be something that they're looking for in the separation department.
0: Yeah, and I think absolutely one guy to watch in this Maryland game, it has to be Ricky Slade. He has not... Gotten off to the start. I think he wanted, certainly the fan base had high expectations uh, for him this year. He did some really good things backing up Miles Sanders, showed good burst, showed the ability to run between the tackles. Uh, I think he ran for six touchdowns. He ran for two touchdowns against Maryland last year. And we just thought he might hit the ground running and then the rest of the guys would fall in line between him. That just hasn't been the case. I don't know if he's pressing. I don't know if the offensive line and he are, are just out of sync. But he is a big play threat who's really not getting loose in space. Um, and if James Franklin really believes all of the running backs are talented, I think the longer this goes where he doesn't do anything, I think the greater the chance that you will eventually see, maybe, maybe it'll be Journey Brown. Kind of, kind of grab the bull by the horns, but Ricky Slade, I think this is a really big game for him.
1: Yeah, no question. Well, before we try and convert on third down, don't forget to like, <laughs> oh,
0: rate, or subscribe the uh,
1: Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast wherever you get your audio, whether it's Google Stitcher, Stitcher, Apple, or somewhere else. Right. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel YouTube.com/slash All Penn
0: State. I think we hit all the bases, Bob. Just when I think you can't get any more clever, you just pulled. That was great. That Every really you now and again, I hit it one out. See of the now, part. if you're if you're gonna rate the podcast, I think you got to rate. Greg, for that nice transition, because that was to me that was an A. Will be a chance for negatives later on. All right, yeah, that will be. Speaking <laughs> of that, some Penn State uh, predictions you maybe want to re- revisit, mm-hmm. uh, kind of what we thought they might be at the start of the year, and also not in relation to the Big Ten because some things have happened uh, in, in the month of September. Yeah, a little bit surprising. Penn State sits three and zero. Um, I know that I had them nine and three. I remember who I had them beating and who had, I had them losing to. I think you were nine nine and three as well, or are you eight and four? I was eight and four some places, nine and three others, so I had all my bases covered. See, now that's called flip-flopping, and then I would maybe dock him a couple of (laughs) style points for flip-flopping. That's a Dave Jones move, man. We don't do that.
1: No. Well, Um, did you, speaking of him, I saw there was a, a better, the Sports Action app reported that there was a better who raced to put 5K on Michigan to win the big 10 title on Tuesday. I didn't know how you got to Vegas that fast after Dave pronounced <laughs> Michigan dead. Um, but kudos to you for that. Um, no, I, I think the, the interesting thing, I thought it was a good time yeah. to revisit some yeah. of this stuff heading into big 10 play. Yeah. I thought they might lose to Michigan at home. It's mm-hmm. now impossible to see that really. Right. Um, I mean that Michigan team just, something's not right. And I don't that they had a bye week already. They didn't fix it. Yeah. I don't know how they fixed that. The army game was real was telling for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Michigan State. I thought that might be a win out there in, in East Lansing. That might be a tougher game than we thought. And mm-hmm. I think that Michigan State team is a little bit interesting. Um, and then overall, you know, I was not very high on Minnesota. You were, and they looked
0: to be off to a pretty darn good start. So I'm saving um, that. I'm holding that one back just in yeah. case I'm right. I don't want to gloat because it could blow up in my face. Right. Uh, I had them beating Michigan. I had them beating Michigan State. I think that. Michigan State, obviously, is a very, very good defense. I think that is a game where if Penn State can get a lead, I think it's going to go to that down to the fourth quarter again. Right. And I think I think maybe they can make a play with some of the athletes they have uh, at the skilled positions. I will say this. I wasn't sure that Justin Fields would kind of take to the quarterback position so smoothly. I know they haven't played a lot of great teams yet, uh-huh. but he looks like he's starting to get comfortable. And, Greg, he's starting to look like the coveted recruit Mm -hmm. that he was in the class where he was at one point at Penn state verbal, went to Georgia, things didn't work out. Now he's at Ohio state. It looks like he's only going to get better. And man, they really have a lot of athletes. It's going to be, they're going to be a fascinating team to watch. It looks like Ryan day is pushing all the right buttons. And I bring that up only because the Penn state at Ohio state game is going to mean a lot for both programs. Yeah.
1: There's no question about it. The other one I'm a little bit, I don't. I think I'm less certain about it than I was before. But that's that game in Iowa, yeah. Um, because they've looked a little bit better than maybe we thought they would. Penn State is obviously, you know, looked how it's looked through three games. I think there's been a lot of good, some yeah. bad that can be cleaned up, should be cleaned up. Uh, from a pro, you know, from a coaching staff that's been around some time with a fair amount of veteran players, so you know that game is obviously looms large. Oh, and the other one was, you know, if you thought Purdue was going to be a challenge at Beaver Stadium, I think think again. Um Did you impressed. pick them to lose to Purdue? No, okay. but I know that that was one game that when you were look, so you know, some folks when they were looking ahead to the season, they thought, well, that could turn into a shootout. I don't uh, know if I see that.
0: Yeah, and then to be honest, we're only we're only a couple of games. Yeah, ended, we'll do this again it, in a couple the, of into weeks. the yeah. season. We're we're I'm real we're real we're real big in this. Uh, world of second guessing each other so why don't we continue to do that but right now i would say penn state's about where they thought they're. i know a lot of people like oh man Pitt almost had them but you know i mean it's i think you got to give penn state a little bit of credit for that goal line stand they missed some plays earlier in the game and Pitt played well as as james franklin's talked about other teams are now viewing penn state as a real formidable formidable team nationally and they're getting everyone's best shot i think there's something to that and i think that also kind of is going to be in play when they play maryland uh on Friday night, I think it's a really fascinating game, and I think if Penn State's not careful and they start slow, it could get real interesting in the final 15 minutes. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's let's get to the. I think it's time for the Penn State mailbag. It's mailback. time for the Penn State mailbag, and yes. uh, I hope you have some questions for me.
1: What um what do you make of this whole idea from James Franklin where he's kind of challenging his defensive line, kind of not happy with his defense, wants mm-hmm. some more sacks? Where are you at with his message to that group?
0: Well, for one, I think that. There's a difference between playing hard and and giving great effort and finishing. And I think, I think the effort's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think he's that upset with his interior. I think it's his defensive ends. Now, James kind of asked for this. He spent the whole offseason just talking about this defensive end group as, as maybe one of the most special units he's ever coached. Mm -hmm. So expectations are high. They open against Idaho. I think they got seven sacks in that game. And so when the sacks don't come against a Buffalo team that largely wants to run the ball and a pit team that, uh, Pickett, Kenny Pickett really played well and they, they had him a couple of times and they let him off the hook. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't, it maybe it doesn't look good. I think E. Tor Gross Matos has played pretty well. But I think... When you look at how people view him and maybe how the NFL views him, he really hasn't really asserted himself since the Idaho game. Right. I think he's definitely another guy, another guy to watch, excuse me, uh, in the Maryland game. And I do think that James is, is kind of sending a subtle message. I think they're in position to make plays and they just haven't finished much like they haven't finished on third down. And I think that's the message that he's trying to send to the team, not only through the media, but I'm sure when he meets with them and, you know, and before practice. Let's tease the second
1: half of the Penn State. Uh, blitz podcast or the second video that you can find on penlife.com slash all Penn state. What's the one concern you have or maybe the
0: one area of weakness for this Penn state team facing Maryland? Well, I mean, what you don't want to do uh, against a team that is an underdog and is, is really geared up to play. You don't want to start slow. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at Penn state's offense, the last two games, I think they had seven points in the first half against Buffalo And they needed a a program record kick by Jordan Stout, 57 yards, to get to 10-10 against Pitt. And these were both home games. Right, It's different on the road, and I know Maryland is not maybe that intimidating of a place. But if they start slow there, um, they're going to really have their work cut out for them against a Terps team that I would say... It's probably the, I think they're more athletic than Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, they, they inherited, uh, Michael inherited some good players. And then they got two or three really, really talented transfers. Right. So, I mean, you know, Penn State, Penn State, it looked like McFarlane really wasn't into the game last year when they played at the end of last year. I think mm-hmm. he carried six times for 12 yards. It was a little cold. I think it was the end of the Durkin air and the end of uh, yeah. get to the finish line. I don't think they're going to get that McFarlane on right. Friday night. That's a that's a guy they got to watch. He think, I think he opens up a lot for that offense. I just think the Penn State offense cannot afford to start slow or it's really going to get tight at the end. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. The one other thing I'm
1: thinking about is that Kenny Pickett was really effective in part because he got the ball out of his hands quick. Josh Jackson, Maryland quarterback, is pretty darn good at that too. And if you let that
0: lead to a mountain of points, it could be a problem, especially if you start slow. Yeah, and Penn State, the one thing Penn State does have going for them is usually, even though they've been slow to adjust a little bit, defensively, they've been pretty tough in the second half of games. It speaks to their depth, and also, I think, Penn State defense starts to play, they they kind of know what's coming, and it gets real hard for I think red zone defense has been one of the strengths and I think it's gonna need to be again against Maryland. You're right. Jackson's a guy that can he you know, maybe not be a, a, a big running threat, but he's got he can move in the pocket and extend plays, and they have some speed that can really cause problems for a secondary that's given up some big plays. Last question for you do you have a problem with Friday night football? Friday night college football, Friday night Penn State games. I'm not. A, I'm not a football purist, so I would say uh, I, I understand. High school football is 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 big in this state and in a lot of states uh, on Friday, but I, I understand why some. Programs and one by some, some conferences want to have some games on Friday night. I don't have a problem from it, and it sets me up on Saturday afternoon and Sunday Mm -hmm. afternoon. Great. So, for selfish reasons, the answer is absolutely not. All right. Sounds good. Well,
1: that will wrap up the Penn State Blitz video. The Penn State Blitz podcast rolls on next, wherever you find your favorite audio. Okay.
0: Welcome back to the Penn State. Blitz Podcast, and now it's finally time, Greg, to do some picks and predictions. Okay, it's this week in Penn State football, which also means it's time to make some picks for the Penn State Maryland game. Greg Pickle, first of all, before we get to the Penn State pick, Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ has been bugging me uh, for the last 48 hours. He said, I want some of Greg Pickle after what you did. I don't know if we can call this up anywhere. I have it Michigan 28, Wisconsin 7.
1: How about that for a blowout? You can actually bet for them to win by exactly 21 points. So you're
0: saying, you're saying you would lay Michigan in 20? Yeah. I would. I oh, love. We're gonna have so much fun. Uh, yeah, I love Michigan this week. Uh, about
1: that for a blowout, you can actually bet for them to win by exactly twenty-one points. Ooh.
0: About that or a blowout. Greg, you made a very decisive yeah. prediction last week <laughs> on the Michigan Wisconsin game. You were not very kind to Wisconsin and it was the exact opposite wisconsin just trounced them so if you're ever maybe anywhere near the state of wisconsin just maybe tiptoe around that place
1: yeah i think i'm gonna have to send them a fruit basket or something that was pretty uh it was I was pretty excited to watch that game yeah i felt pretty good about michigan's chances and boy was i couldn't have been more wrong um that was as ugly as it gets, Bob. It was over right. the second that, that Michigan fumbled in the red zone, and they just never recovered. Yeah. Um, James Franklin talks a lot about sudden change and dealing with that. <laughs> Michigan could not deal with it all on Saturday.
0: Okay, Penn State, Maryland. Penn State openets as a seven-point favorite. We just checked the total. It's 62. That seems a little high, but yes. they, they have that number for a reason. The Lions now at six as we, as we talk about it. So let's get to it. What do you see from this game, and what's your call? Well, I think the odds makers, if they're set the total that high, they have to think that
1: Maryland, uh, the, the quick strike offense that showed up for Maryland against Syracuse right. is going to show up again against Penn State. And they obviously think, too, that the Nittany Lions have figured out a way to connect on more deep balls, more explosive plays. Some yep. of the ones they missed against Pitt. You know, I go back and watch that Pitt game, and there's two things that were striking to me. Number one, Penn, Sean Clifford and his receivers probably missed two or three touchdowns with guys open downfield. Yeah. and they just didn't connect. The other thing, too, is two drives for Pittsburgh to turn into points were extended by uh, John Reed, defensive holding and or pass interference calls. Okay. And he's a pretty sound technician. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see him – I don't know if you'll see him get called for another penalty like that again this year. I mean, he's the one guy on that defense that is so fundamentally, it's fundamentally sound that it's just – it's rare to see yeah. that happen with him. You are so, positioning yourself to pick a Penn State cover. I know you. Yeah, so I think it's – I. Penn State has to start fast. We talked about this on the first half of the podcast. You remember, like, rate, subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the blitz, youtube.com slash all Penn State, you can find it there. This is Picks and Predictions. My pick for Penn State Maryland is 34-24 Lions. I think they do get 7 to 10 points in the first quarter Mm -hmm. and don't have that Buffalo-like start where you're thinking to yourself, is this upset really going to happen? Uh, and then find a way to salt Maryland away late. I think Maryland will have some success in this game. Yeah. I think Josh Jackson, like Kenny Pickett, will get the ball out early enough times to be able to get up and down the field. But ultimately, Penn State has a talent advantage. Mike Lockley is going to have some recruiting success down there and might start keeping some of these Maryland players if Penn State has landed home at some point. This, this matchup, though, it, they don't, they're
0: not bearing the fruits of any of that labor yet. So Penn State by 10, guess that would have it under the total as well. Okay. I got Penn State winning 27 24. Uh, I see a couple of things in this game. I think Etor Gross Matos is due to make some plays. Not that he's played bad. He just hasn't finished. Uh, we've talked about that. I think red zone defense is huge in this game. Penn State's been very good inside there went back inside their 20 i think opponents have had 7 red zone possessions they've only scored touchdowns on three of them and we know about the goal line stand against Pitt they're gonna have to make some plays in the red zone against Maryland and finally Sean Clifford is gonna have to make some plays as a runner not as a thrower in this game they've been when at the mesh point he has he has been reluctant to keep the ball either that or he's been instructed to keep the ball there are plays to be made outside the defense is flying towards the running back he needs to keep it a couple times I think that'll open up the running game I got it Penn State 27. I think I had this right. Penn State, 27. Maryland, 24. So two unders. I like it.